Hello, 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 and welcome to Candorsations. I am your host, Candor Thomas Bell. Candorsations is a podcast where we dive into authentic and organic conversations with real people about their remarkable life experiences. Our goal is to empower and inspire as we explore the diverse paths of self-discovery, healing, and self-care that leads to overall wellness. So stay tuned for today's episode. So hello and welcome to this week's episode of Candorsations. I am your host, Candra Thomas-Bell. And today we have a wonderful guest all the way from Birmingham, Alabama. Is it Birmingham, Alabama? Yeah, yeah, Birmingham. Okay, from Birmingham, Alabama. We got Mr. Herbert Wilkerson. Herbert has been in the mental health field for nearly 20 years in community mental health and is now in the college setting. He is passionate about mental health in Black communities and addressing the public health concerns that impact the well-being of Black people. Mr. Wilson is going to have a discussion with us today about unveiling grief and finding light in the darkness. Without further ado, welcome to Candrasations, Mr. Wilson. Hey, thank you for having me on. This is cool. We've been Instagram connected for a while, so this is cool to me. I know. Yeah, we got connected by by one of my babies. (laughs) She told me you was a good guy to know. Okay, who's so, that? Uh, Kiara. Kiara. Oh, okay. Um, yep. She said, you need to talk to her. Good he did. <laughs> well, cool. So you, you, you was impactful in her life. So, um, hey, we're going we gonna to talk a little bit about it. So tell us a little bit about yourself, anything that I missed in the opening, and we'll get into this conversation so that people get to know you a little better. Uh. I mean, I've been in the counseling field for a while. I have an undergraduate degree in social work and master's and worked in every setting you can imagine. Mm -hmm. It seems like my career um, from in-home family counseling to community mental health centers to residential facilities to um, different levels of leadership to now setting and been been around the block couple of times right right <laughs> so uh hey we thank you for your tenure your long tenure <laughs> um to the mental health field um what about the settings do you like this setting better uh well i've actually changed roles my primary job is not therapy anymore i actually work uh, at a university uh, called UAB University, I'm in Birmingham. Awesome. Uh, I came here. Yeah, I came here uh, about six years ago as a counselor. Okay. So I was doing mental students, and about a year ago, I transitioned to uh, a completely different track as far as like okay. uh, away from visual therapy. So I'm mm-hmm. a director of a department called Student Multicultural University Programs. Oh. I, you know, counseling, I'm, I'm passionate about being a therapist and also knew 
Like I didn't want to, you know, that to be the only thing. And so I wanted to have than just the individual session. Uh, mm-hmm. So this gives me the opportunity to have a broader impact on student outcomes. Mental health is always like a part of like the lens of it for me. Absolutely. I, I, I completely get it. Well, that, that's, that's amazing to take this, this, this corner turn, but once you're in this field, you're always doing some kind of level of work, even if Absolutely. it's the health stuff um, that you kind of do with working with the people that you manage. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a never ending thing. So let me just ask you about um, your particular grief journey. Um, where what what was the most impactful loss that you've had? Or yeah, let's just go there. Well, you know, it's hard to put it in just one. Uh, let's see. I started in two thousand eight. Two thousand eight, uh, my mother passed away. Mm. Um, in the context, I grew up in a home with my mother and my grandparents and my two brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. so. My parents separated when I was like three years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad was out of my life for a long time, came back into my life. We had a, mm-hmm. had, had a great relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, but my mother died in 2008. Uh, my grandfather died in 2010. Mm-hmm. Very, like, <clears throat> along with some other people too. My grandmother died in 2012. So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, that core foundation is gone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, not About how old were you during those times? So I was see, 28 when my mom passed away. Oh, wow. Okay. So, okay. Uh, yeah. um, and then, let's see. And so right after that, in 2014, uh, my uncle passed away, which is my mom's brother. He was next. Mm. Mm-hmm. And they were really close, so and we were all close. But we saw him, you know, multiple days out of the week. He was an uncle that was always at mm-hmm. football games and stuff like mm-hmm. that, and you know, hung out with us, watched TV with us, wrestled, yada. And uh, he died mm-hmm. suddenly. Then right after that, less than a year or so, maybe later, mm-hmm. um, my aunt, who is my dad's sister, who was mm-hmm. the one that kept us connected to that side of the family while he was, you know, getting his life together. Um, mm-hmm. And then after that, um, I had a cousin who had severe PTSD from the military. She was a first cousin. Uh, we were all, you know, all close as first cousins. She passed suddenly. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, a cousin who I grew up in the country, so on the dirt road I grew up on, I had mm-hmm. a cousin who uh, was like the oldest of the group. Mm-hmm. Um, he had, they found him dead in his place, so he had passed. Oh, wow. In 2017, my father passed suddenly, and we had a really good relationship before he passed. Mm. Um, in 2020, I would probably say, besides my mom, this was the one that I guess shook me the most. Well, I mean, my mm-hmm. dad, too. Um, my cousin, uh, Quint, who was my best friend, like we've been best friends since we were four yeah. or five years. Our grandmothers mm-hmm. and sisters. And okay. our mother's like, you know, so like we grew up in the same community. You know, so he was the best man in my wedding. I was the best man in his. He was my parents and kids and vice versa and everything. Every, you know, we were a part of for each other. And he died suddenly and tragically in October 2020. Mm-hmm. So 
uh, I have a lengthy narrative uh, when it comes to grief. And I didn't realize it was that until my mm-hmm. dad passed away and I went to therapy for the first time. The therapist was like, yo, this is a lot. Yep. So, but until then, I kind of just didn't that way. Mm. You know, um, your your uh, grief journey counts parallels with mine. Um, I lost my my brother uh, Christmas Day '94. I lost my my dad July '95. I lost my mom March '96, and then I think in 2002 my grandmother died, and that was the last maternal grandparent that I had. So by the time I got to college, um, <laughs> working on my master's after, you know, not knowing I was in such a long span of grief, mm-hmm. I was had a professor, Dr. Milligan. I said, you know, when people die, I don't feel anything anymore. And she said, you're probably in bereavement overload. And so I shared that to say, do you feel like you've been in a bereavement overload or... That's a good question. I think I think it seems like I've gotten to a point when dealing with loss mm-hmm. I jump into certain modes. Okay. I'm like so familiar with it. Mm-hmm. And I'm able to like I guess support and kind of disconnect at the same time. Uh, like when my dad passed Mm-hmm. Like my oldest brother isn't my dad's biological child, but my dad claimed him. Okay. I'm the you know the oldest in that mm-hmm. aspect, so a lot of responsibility fell on me from when it comes to me and my siblings. I have two siblings that yeah. I didn't grow up. With. Um, mm-hmm. when my mom passed, you know she pretty much like you know put a lot of responsibility. Yeah. Um, I was the closest to home. She just you know. She knew I just my personality, uh, and mm-hmm. uh, and so, you know, so I just you know I guess through some of those experiences, just like learn, just jump into a certain mode when things right. happen, right. Um, and I think that came, it kind of unraveled when my cousin passed away, mm-hmm. uh, my most, my best friend, because mm-hmm. I was trying to go into that space. Mm-hmm. And his mom, who I my entire life, she was like, nah, you need to sit down and just deal with this. And right. I didn't know how to do that. You know, yeah. I think an overload caused me to kind of like just be able to kind of get, get to like an operational kind of like, you know, mm-hmm. this is yeah. going to do the business of the business. Right. And uh, but that time she was like, nah, other folks can do that. You just lost your brother. Go sit down somewhere. Absolutely. And I didn't know how to do that. And even mm-hmm. though I have some grief, it just kind of showed me that, you know, or even like when my dad passed away, I didn't know, like, and like a friend of mine was like, one of my best friend, she was like, yo, you've been through so much. And when mm-hmm. she I never thought of it that way. Right. It was just, it was just like, doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, here we go. Mm-hmm. Why, or I didn't think of it that way. Mm. Sounds like you got you you got a really good support system because to me they see you when you don't see yourself. Um, 
And as a man, I guess everybody expects you to be strong. What has been, um, what have you learned about yourself during this process? Uh, hmm. I learned that I have a, a ability to separate mm -hmm. in the moment mm -hmm. uh, like moment to kind of like mm -hmm. attend to other people or just make sure the business is getting taken care of mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, let's see I think I've learned how to not be okay all right okay um, I felt you know, the need that's my to be favorite okay. thing. Yeah, like I felt the need to be okay. Um, my dad passed away. That was one of the first times as far as like in this grief journey where I was just like, I allowed myself to just not be okay. I, mean, I lost my mom so early, like, you know, even though I was a therapist, I wasn't, you know, I, you know, I was the kind of therapy I was working with people who I would see in my life on a regular basis working in facilities. So, Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't, <clears throat> and then I, in the way I do right now, as far as therapy goes. Right. Mm -hmm. um, my dad passed away, and I was working where I am now, I was working in the counseling center. Mm -hmm. the, the person I was, the director of the department, like, I saw her from our one on ones, and they, they were for a while just turning into like therapy sessions because I'm <laughs> like, yo, I'm not okay. Like, because yeah. it was because my mom passed away, and it was like, Oh, she got real sick real fast and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'd rather not see her like that even though I want, want her here in a certain capacity right my dad passed and it felt like it was so much like left on the table because mm -hmm. he was grandfather he was able to be a great grandfather but he wasn't able to be a great father right and I felt like it was so much like ahead of us right and so when he passed it was just like part of me just stopped because mm -hmm. um start to realize like the people that can speak to your childhood aren't here mm -hmm. um, and so so I think you know like going through that process especially with him is like I just learned not to be okay like mm -hmm. you know my personality is is like I'm extroverted to a lot of people and you know, try to create a comfortable environment around you feel the need to keep that up even when you don't feel like it. Mm -hmm. And with this, it was just like, you know, bump it. That's mm -hmm. what happened. Mm-hmm. And that that was that was that was, you know, freeing as well. Mm-hmm. Wow. I didn't know how similar our stories are because I would I would definitely identify myself as an extrovert, but I realized that I was doing those same things. And so mm. COVID, <laughs> COVID being at home and in the quiet, I've learned that I'm way more introverted than what I thought I was. And I yeah. didn't realize energy it took to be so extroverted. So I can, now I can go do it and, and come and be really at peace with being in the solace of it all. Yeah. Um, 
it's funny yeah. that you say that your 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 supervisor that her her session her one on ones became um a session or uh, was kind of like a therapy session per se. In twenty twenty, I had twenty when COVID hit, I had like three family members to die. Two in March, one in July, and then the next year, my my aunt died. So I lost. My dad had four sisters. I had um, I had three. I had three aunts to go, like within a year and a half, and my godmother passed away um, during that time as well. And my boss was like, uh, you probably need to take some time off. I said, oh, no, I'm fine. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Oh, it's fine. And I was in a therapy session with my own therapist. She said, why won't you take off time? And I said, well, then I'll be failing. And she said, what if, what if, um, what if, being a superwoman is not what you need to be right now. You need to be a superwoman for yourself and take time off. Yeah. And and that was a hard realization that when you try to do it and be there for everybody else that I really need to put my oxygen mask on. Mm-hmm. But my supervisor noticed it. I was mimicking really well with everybody around, but I was crashing fast. And um, <laughs> it's funny. Who gets to to call you out on it, and then you got to be responsible for it. So yeah, yeah, it, you know, it's easy to like, especially doing the kind of work we do because mm-hmm. absorb so much. Mm-hmm. You know, it's second nature. Yeah, to absorb. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and so you know, we do it without even thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And I know for me, and this is you know the way life has a way of working out mm-hmm. when my dad passed mm-hmm. and I had just started at my at UAB at that time mm-hmm. I mean but enough time where people probably you know do me enough to you know empathize with what was going on mm-hmm. but my dad passed on the third I worked that Friday and then that Monday like we used to do like on call like <laughs> And so, because you had students who may have an urgent situation. So the on-call person calls me. I was like, her, we say no, because I know you got a lot going on. And I'm like, nah, what's up? And she was like, well, she just lost her stepdad. And she's here for a crisis. And I thought about it for a second. And I was like, all right, I'll see her. Mm-hmm. And uh, And it was just like, you know, it was just, you know, you get into it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what it was. I just got into a mode and, um, but it helped me to provide service to that person. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I have to know like, you know, when to tap out to. Right. Yeah. So what are your signs now? when you need to take care of yourself what what signs do you recognize when it's a all right it's time to take a pause herb man i think for me (laughs) um my mood shifts okay like the grief and losses it's changed me um Mm -hmm. different 
and yeah. especially my cousin passed in 2020. Mm -hmm. um, it is uh, uh, it. I just I wouldn't call it depression, or maybe like mm -hmm. a depression and depression. I don't know, mm -hmm. but uh, but when it hits, it hits. Um, mm -hmm. It typically happens on the weekends. Mm -hmm. and so I just or like I can't you know like can't do the simplest things I'm trying to I can't seem to like find the mm -hmm. energy I just gotta mm -hmm. be like you know, I'm just gonna watch this TV and chill you know what I'm saying mm -hmm. yep <laughs> I would also exactly say, what you're saying yeah, yeah this is all so familiar <laughs> yeah this is like this is all I got now um, mm -hmm. I'm very aware of like dates mm -hmm. or times of year. So, mm -hmm. you know, holidays have been tough over the years. They've gotten a little bit better. Mm -hmm. But uh, I would say my mom passed in, um, in June. Mm -hmm. uh, so typically from June till about, well, now from, you know, March till about July. Mm -hmm. has a lot of dates in there. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm kind of like allowing my space to just be October is a difficult month because mm -hmm. my cousin and my dad died two, like 10 days apart. Mm. So uh, so I'm very aware of like dates. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Times of year. And then or if I just start to get, you know, agitated easily or have a pessimistic outlook on things or kind of get apathetic some warning sign. Mm -hmm. but, uh, but really it's just like my mood just kind of shifts downward and I just mm -hmm. get up and do stuff. But it's also like, you know, I give myself space to kind of be like, yo, we just not doing anything. Right. I like it. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. that self-care um, is, is really, a thing you said you started therapy yes. um how has that been for you man therapy's been great um <laughs> and i just say um, it has been so necessary um mm -hmm. for like for me to um, like have because I'm you know I'm well known in the therapy community, mm -hmm, and so mm -hmm. for me to have a therapist, really particular. Absolutely. I know all right. Right. And mm -hmm. So and I the crazy thing about it, like I'm such an advocate, of black mental health. Right. Um, but then also I'm also like aware of like you need what you need. Right. And so I have a white female therapist who's a couple of years older than me, which is like mm -hmm. the opposite of what, you know what I'm saying? Like we think right. about mm -hmm. therapists of color because most therapists be white females, but this lady is right. just different. She's good at counseling, right. counseling. And mm -hmm. I think about just my own personal issues when it came to like maybe communication and women in my life mm -hmm. um, growing up. Like I needed mm -hmm. some of that affirming, nurturing type communication from a therapist absolutely so uh and so it's been like great 
like to the point where I'm able to, you know, talk about stuff in a space where it's no, like, you know, there's no recall. Mm-hmm. And, you know, stuff I know from being a therapist, but I didn't mm-hmm. go to therapy until 2017 after my dad passed. So I've mm-hmm. been a without going to therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I first went and I'm sitting on the couch versus like sitting in a chair. Like, <laughs> also like, you know, I don't have space to myself. I have two kids that are young. I have, I have a job where I serve other people. I mean, I do stuff at church. I do things in every aspect. And mm-hmm. the only space I have to myself continuously is the gym. Mm-hmm. And I don't have workout partners. That's my time. Mm-hmm. So for mm-hmm. me to space where I can talk and it just be about me, mm-hmm. for something that was unfamiliar. Like I grew up in a house where I had my own room till I was... I left the house. Like I never had my own room. So, uh, so I'm always like sharing space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's just I was, it was needed, and and I didn't have to provide support at the same time. Right. Like, you know, so I mean, all the stuff I tell people I work with, you know, I just, mm-hmm. never just hear that for myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have. I'm enjoying this. <laughs> I am. So, I, because I'm always, um, I just care so much deeply for our black males um, who don't have an outlet. What would you say to the males that are listening about number one, picking a therapist? Um, what they should do or how they should look at um, choosing someone. I mean, because we know what we're looking for because we're therapists, but what would you tell somebody who know they want to do it about starting the process and how to get into it? I would say really think about what you need. The easiest thing to do is think as a black man, you need a male therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, that can be true. All right. Yeah. But in my experience, me personally, I did need a I did need a male therapist. Okay. Um, at some point, you know, I I'll be able to switch. I know what I I needed it, and I say this too: there are a lot of black men mm-hmm. uh, due to society, um, or structural like you know systems in place that had mm-hmm. to grow up in single parent homes, mm-hmm. and so you had to grow up in single. A lot of these guys were put in positions to where they had to. Almost be the spouse and the child at the same time. Absolutely, and so that creates a weird dynamic between you and the mom. Right. You know, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. the systematic fault as much right. as the personal fault. Right. But that being the thing, I think consider when you go to talk to somebody mm-hmm. and. It may not mean you always need a female therapist, but mm-hmm. you may need your time. Right. Um, you know, just like when women, you know, I've seen many of people, especially since I've been here, mm-hmm. uh, with men, and then they end up on my caseload because it's like presenting experience and I got trauma, like, right. and, you know, background in my therapy. So, Right. Uh, I think it's me and the fact that 
you know, we can see women as therapists. I think personality, you want somebody that, you know, if they rough around the edges and so is your mom, do you want that? Do somebody who's more nurturing? Or do right. you like direct to hold you accountable or just not, you know, be more black and white and less gray? Um, okay. If you get a male therapist, like, do you need somebody that's closer to your age or much older than you? You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. is there a certain specialty that you need? Like, you dealing with anxiety or you dealing with like relationship issues do you mm -hmm. a therapist that has you know a family right i mm -hmm. think those things are important like to ask those kind of questions mm -hmm. uh, um, so are you just looking for like to go deep in the thought or are you just looking for like very clear straightforward just assignment go do it come back let's talk about it right you know, so I think asking those kind of questions are important, but I think, you know, what is the person like, mm -hmm. and that's, it's, I think that's important to start with, like, well, why am I going to therapy in the first place? Right. Right. You know, I may have, I may have issues with my mom or women in my life, but I don't need to talk to a woman about it. So I need to talk to mm -hmm. a Right. You know, so uh, I think it, I think those are the questions I ask and right. understanding, you know, with a with a relationship with a therapist, you can end that relationship. Absolutely. And find somebody else. Like you're not, mm -hmm. not a one shot deal. Right. Well, listen, I had a a uh, listener to ask me that question, and he's a male, and I I just wanted to make sure I got it from a male perspective. Um, so he'll know when he hears this, all of the <laughs> the things are, are geared um, for him to understand because you don't know what you need until you need. And so I, I don't know if everybody does consultations, but I definitely do consultations uh, with my clients because I just personally, there's a connectivity that I need them to know about me and I may not be a good fit for them. And so rather mm -hmm. than wasting time just having a session and you just don't like it, let me do 15 minutes and let's see what's going on here to see if I'm even a good fit for you. That saves yeah. me and them time and them, they don't get, um, you know, a bad taste about therapy. I'd rather for them to find somebody that works with them um, than, than for me to sour the taste if I'm not what they're looking for. Yeah. So. Absolutely. But that's my thing. So um, just kind of ending on the grief note. Um, what do you feel or what's, how about this? What is a takeaway? What is a message or a takeaway you'd like to share with the audience about finding strength and resilience in the face of profound losses, like what you've, you've experienced? Ask that one more time. Is there a message or a takeaway you'd like to share with the audience about finding strength and resilience in the face of profound loss? I'll say this. You think about anything you've been through in life that felt like you would never get through it mm -hmm. and realize like you're still here now. So you mm -hmm. got through it. Mm -hmm. But at the time, it felt like it was insurmountable. Right. Um, I think, you know, being uh, is important. 
and I and also like it's okay. Like, mm-hmm. You don't have to do it a certain way. Nobody right. didn't play less than for you, and they probably lied themselves if they got through it easily. You know, to give you that as a blueprint. Um, mm-hmm. I would say, you know, give yourself space. Like one of my favorite quotes in regard, like that are okay. my favorite in regards to grief. Uh, one is from Marvel's uh, WandaVision. Mm-hmm. And it was like, you know, what is grief but love persevering? Mm. And uh, so like the grief you have for them is a sign of the love that you have for them. Mm. And another is from the uh, movie about Mr. Rogers. It's a beautiful neighborhood. Mm, I like it. <laughs> and it was, he just kind of said, Tom Hanks said at the end, he was like, uh, you know, so it was about a person about to die. And they were talking about death. You know, death is a difficult conversation. Um, mm-hmm. they, the, the catch line was that anything mentionable is manageable. Mm. And Oh, I and, like that. Yeah. So those two, for me, uh, like, I think about like stuff like that kind of helps me like, put things into a perspective like directly be like just laid out mm-hmm. uh there's another movie called collateral beauty mm-hmm. and uh the lady said you got as a collateral beauty mm. um, you know we think about the collateral damage but there are beautiful things that take place if we're able to open our eyes and, mm. and you know the black culture like you know the collection of people that are together at funerals you have mm-hmm. to really be appreciative of right it's hard to um, right. you know, you think about who's left right. and not just who's home. Right. Um, you think about how it increases your capacity to empathize with other people mm-hmm. who experience loss. Right. Um, and to value the connections and the moments in life. Like I'm pointing like everything matters. Every right. moment matters. Yep. Because, you know, it can change. It change mm-hmm. quickly. And so, mm-hmm. uh, so it's important. Like, I, I don't waste time. I don't, I don't waste, I don't waste moments with people I care about. Mm. Um, so, uh, and I think, you know, that helps me kind of endure. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not, I never get over it. Just, sometimes I'm just endure. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's not about winning the race. Sometimes it's enduring the battle, mm. and uh, and the strength in that, and its value in that. Yeah, and uh, and so you know, I mean, it is it's hard. it's hard mm-hmm. every day. Mm-hmm. Always, never, it's never easy. It's never just, ooh, this was great. Like every moment is a reminder. Mm-hmm that my mom don't know my children barely remember my, well only my oldest remembers my father you mm-hmm. know all these milestones are great and I always met yeah. with hey this person ain't here mm-hmm. and so <clears throat> like take that acknowledge that mm-hmm. that exists and also use it as like fuel to like keep mm-hmm. going absolutely myself anything as far as like when I feel a certain way and it's, and it's sadness or it's regret or whatever I mm-hmm. acknowledge it 
And I think mm -hmm. the strength in that and then using that to go forward. Absolutely. But yeah. That hey, you you have um got a fan. That was already a fan. But um <laughs> I thank you for your service. I thank you for your time because yeah. learning about this and and to see how similar we really really are um because <laughs> i mean my my parents never saw my kids either so to hear it come out of someone else's mouth is just kind of like oh okay so i ain't in this boat by myself so thank you for sharing um what that looks like from a male perspective and from a male therapist director uh man on his healing journey healthy journey and uh his grieving journey so we thank you for being a superstar guest at Candresations. and uh with that note i'm gonna let you have the rest of your day <laughs> well, i appreciate it i'm glad we got a chance to do this let's do it again sometime we will that don't threaten me with a good time because we'll do this again <laughs> Hey, I'm here for it. I'm All right, work. thank you. All, All right. right, take care. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to today's episode. I am signing off. This is your host, Kendra Thomas Bell, and I just like to let you know if you are in need of therapy, I am a licensed therapist in Atlanta, Georgia. You can reach us at dynamicchangecc.com. If you would like to find another therapist, you can try Therapy for Black Girls as a directory. You can also try Clinicians of Color as a directory. And if you are looking for a male therapist in the metro Atlanta area, please reach out to Counseling Brothers of Atlanta for your therapy needs. We look forward to helping you through your journey. This is not a substitute for therapy. We wish everyone to have an individual and a collective journey for therapy, healing, and self-discovery. So thank you for listening to Kendra Sations. See you on the next episode.